Hello, and welcome to The Bright Podcast. We're building and refining individuals through education is our mission. I'm Jamie Burno. And I'm Stephanie Burno. We are a husband and wife team that is passionate about bringing you the latest information when it comes to health, fitness, and personal growth. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. This podcast is brought to you by Burno Bodies. We offer cutting-edge strength training online programs and customized nutrition plans to help you succeed with your fitness goals. Check us out at burnobodies.com to get started today. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. We've got a great show for you today. You're not going to want to miss what we're talking about. I'm Jamie Burno, and here with me is my lovely wife, Stephanie Burno. Hello. So what are we talking today? We are talking today about the five love languages. It is a book by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. What are the five love languages? Well, let's first talk about why we got the book and kind of um, what the thought process was behind that. This was a gift for me and uh, from you. And at first I thought, okay, well, I guess there's some stuff I need to work on. Um, maybe I'm not speaking your language, but, uh, you know, there is some really valuable information in here. And uh, it comes from this marriage counselor, Dr. Uh, Gary Chapman, who's been a counselor for, what, over 25 years and has helped hundreds of couples in all stages of their marriage or relationship. And I think a a lot of the the problems, not only just with uh, having good communication with your loved one, but it's understanding their communication of love or their love language. The reason I got the book for you was not because it was something that I felt you needed to work on. It's because I believe that we need to continue to have an extraordinary marriage. And by doing so, that's growing together and learning how to continue to have that exceptional, extraordinary marriage that, you know, we currently have and continue to grow that and cultivate that. Because I think that having an extraordinary marriage is something that it takes continual work. Yeah, it does. You know, marriage does take a lot of work. I've always heard that. And I think some people are just reluctant to committing to marriage just because they think it's going to change or their love status is going to change or they're worried about divorce or whatever problems they may be facing. But I think with understanding each other better on this higher level of communication, can definitely uh, bond you closer together. Yeah, I totally agree. So in the book, uh, Dr. Chapman talks about using the love languages, honestly, as a communication and talking about, you know, we both speak English, so we understand that dialect when we talk to each other. However, our love languages 
could be and actually are different. So we may be having a hard time truly understanding each other on a deeper love level. Yeah, before I read this, I had no idea that there were actual love languages that each person is different and each person has different needs. And so I think a lot of the reason why people have these fallouts or the relationships don't last, this could be a major reason. It's because they're just not understanding what they need on a deeper emotional uh, sense of love and understanding their love language and speaking uh, what matters to them the most. So before reading this book, we, you know, we try to take care of each other. And as we read the book, we both realized that we were trying to love each other, but using our own love language. So it made things a little bit different or a little bit hard because I'm trying to speak to him in the language that I speak and Yes, he understands that, but that's not his like primary love language. So to truly fill that tank, as Dr. Chapman talks about in the book, I needed to learn his primary language. So let's talk about what are those five love languages? Well, you've got uh, words of affirmation. You've got uh, quality time. There's physical touch, acts of service, and then the last one is receiving gifts. So when we talk about words of affirmation, it's not just saying nice and positive things to that person, but it's also saying uh, nice and positive things when they're not around. It's the tone that you're speaking to them. It's not just, hey, you look really good today. Right. You know, it's it's constantly showing love by communicating, hey, you know, I, I, I love you and you, you look really nice. And and that speaks to them on a different level than you may speak. Your language may be something else, but to them it means a lot more. And so when I first um, started reading this, I'm thinking, I already know what my love language is. And I thought that was physical touch, you know, because... You know, for most guys, I think sex and uh, just being uh, physical is probably one of their top languages. But surprisingly, um, it wasn't. It was not even on the top two. We will get into what our languages are in just a second. I just want to finish kind of explaining what these love languages are. So next one, we got quality time. And quality time is about spending purposeful time together, not just sitting next to each other, um, but actually enjoying quality time, going out and doing activities together, making meaningful experiences. Yeah, and that's quality towards each other, not just being together and watching a movie because then your focus is directed on the movie and not each other. Or if you're maybe hanging out together and you're on your phones, then your focus is on social media and not each other. And that's poor quality time. So you, you want to reach for purposeful, high quality, meaningful time that where you are connecting together. 
Next, we have acts of service. Acts of service. This is one I really appreciate uh, just because like when I do things that mean a lot to me, like um, let's say I'm making some shiplap for for this room and you help out, you you come with me to Home Depot and um, you're picking out everything with me. That means a lot to me because I know you're taking time out of your day and you're helping me out and we're doing this together. And so that just makes my heart smile. You know, that's what I really appreciate when we do things as a team. Exactly. Uh, acts of service is doing something for the other person, like doing the laundry or making meals or, you know, there's so many opportunities for acts of service. Right. And um, let's say for, uh, you know, just taking out the trash and vacuuming. If if the wife is nagging at the husband, hey, you need to take this out and do this stuff. Um, you can't demand that type of thing from your loved one because then they'll just do it out of guilt and uh, or feeling bad. Um, they'll end up having feelings of resentment. So if they do these things for you, it has to be done out of love and not out of those other feelings. We have physical touch, which, as Jamie already mentioned, most males and probably some females, when we talk about physical touch, it's not just about sex. And I think most people think that's what it's about, but it's also just holding hands or walking by and touching each other on the shoulder or a quick kiss, things like that. It's not always just about that intimate affection. Right. There was this uh, one uh, couple that was being counseled by Dr. Chapman, and he asked the male what uh, what he thought his his primary love language was, and he said, oh, well, that's physical touch. And he asked him why he thought that was his primary love language. He goes, well, because I like sex. And he asked him, well, if your wife gave you everything uh, as far as sex whenever you wanted it, what if she spoke badly about you and said negative things to you in front of your friends and was being very cynical with you? How would you how would that make you feel? And he said, well, that would make me feel really bad about myself. And I probably wouldn't want to have sex with her. So that being said, that wasn't his primary love language. It was, it was words of affirmation because he he liked when she complimented him and gave him reassuring um expressions right just um being nice to him and saying nice things about him in front of his friends or right words of affirmation was his primary love language when a female especially it's usually a female but like in that story you just told he wasn't getting his needs met if he wasn't getting his needs met with the words of affirmation then he wasn't going to want to have any um, more intimate relationships with his wife like sex because his emotional tank was not being his emotional love tank was not being full um, because he was missing out the words of affirmation. 
So I think that's especially true with females. If we our love tank is not being completely full, it's sometimes hard for us to want to have a more intimate relationship with our spouse when we're feeling maybe angry or resentful because we're missing out on some of these important things that we need to f- be fulfilled. Yeah. And some other expressions of physical touch is not necessarily... Um, in the physical sense, like if someone is away traveling or they're in a long distance relationship, some things that can be considered physical touch are things that you could give them. It's not necessarily a gift, but like a note or a article of clothing or something like that, where it's tangible that falls under physical touch as well. The last one is receiving gifts. Receiving gifts is, you know, like you're going on a date and you're giving your date like flowers or candy um, or just it could be something big or small. Um, Some people really appreciate that. Some people don't care to have gifts. It it all depends on what's your uh, primary love language. So if you're thinking about it, like I'm going throughout my day and maybe I'm at the store and I see something that I think Jamie would like. So I get that for him and then give it to him as a gift. That would be a um, him receiving a gift if that was his primary love language. So I would be speaking to him in his primary love language. Something he could do for me is maybe he's at the grocery store and he sees some flowers. And so he picks those up for me and brings them home. Yeah, I think that's something that's just embedded in us since we were children. Like, um, you know, kids like to pick flowers for their parents. And so that's like just a, an expression of their love. And um, sometimes that just carries through into until their adult life where they appreciate these little sentiments of, of gifts from their loved ones. Why do you think that it's important for us to use these love languages well you know communication is key you know interpersonal communication um, if you don't communicate um, then that's when arguments happen miscommunication Uh, you're you may be thinking something else and and your wife may be uh, wondering (sighs) all right let me cut back. <laughs> ask the question again. I don't have to ask it. All right. <clears throat> we can just talk about our love languages. Why is it important? Do you want me to ask it or no? <laughs> Why is it important for these love languages? Why do you think it's important for us to Because a lot of times arguments happen from not communicating effectively. So not only do you have to have good communication, but you have to communicate on a deeper emotional sense where that person is constantly feeling loved. Because if their love tank is running on empty, then that's when other feelings may arise other negative feelings so it's important to constantly speak that language of love so you keep 
their love tank full, that passion full, that you, you're not falling out of love because a lot of times couples, you hear this, you know, I love my husband or I love my wife, but I'm just not in love with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that could be that they've become just so accustomed to living together for so long that they love them as a person that they're just living as roommates. Yeah. But maybe they've fallen out of love or their love tank is just empty. At the beginning of relationships, we hear about the honeymoon phase which Dr. Chapman talks about it being, uh, I think, about two to three years. And in the in that time period, everything is all fine and well. And then after those years, that's when the real work begins. So if we think about our the beginning of our relationship, we did a lot for each other. Not that we don't do a lot for each other now, but... Maybe we did, we went above and beyond to keep the relationship fresh and alive and to keep you. Yeah, just like any new relationship, you have this euphoric feeling of falling in love where whatever this person does, they can't do any wrong. You know, they're just head over heels in love with this person. You can't stop thinking about this person. You're talking to this person on the phone for hours. You're in this, you know, honeymoon phase of just complete and full dopamine release all the time. But, you know, eventually it starts to wear off. And when it does wear off, you're going to have to connect on a deeper emotional level if you want to keep that relationship going. I have a serious question for you. Did you ever or have you ever gotten the butterflies when I've texted you? Yeah, all the time. I still do. (laughs) Like, yes, my wife is texting me. <laughs> so I know the people are wanting to know what is your primary love language, Jamie Burno. My primary love language, at the end of the book, you take this little test and it tells you, uh, it prioritizes your love languages. And my number one was acts of service. And then quality time and then physical touch was my third. What about you? My number one primary love language was quality time. Followed by words of affirmation, which is not surprising. Those were kind of my top two. And going into this, as we were reading reading the chapters, I kind of picked those out. But I couldn't decide between... Um, which one played more importance to me because they are both very important to me. But I do think that quality time is my uh, most important, my primary love language. Yes, I understand that now. And I, I know that it's something that I'm cognizant of and I need to work on when we are home together, that I'm spending quality time with you, that when you're speaking with me that I'm giving you my full undivided attention that I am not distracted by my phone so I know that's important for people with their love their primary love language being quality time is that it needs to be top quality time what's funny is when I was reading this book I kind of thought that Jamie's 
uh, was going to be physical touch. I never would have thought that his was acts of service. And maybe secretly inside my heart when I was reading the book, because I probably struggle with acts of service, I thought, oh, this can't be Jamie. And it really is. Because if I look at the way that he's been loving me over all these years, that's what he's been giving to me. You know, he does help with the dishes and the laundry. And he gives me so many acts of services and that's he was trying to tell me hey this is how I want to be loved but I couldn't see it because I could only see the way I was loving him and that was by spending quality time with him yeah usually know your your partner's love language by how they show their love towards you so like for me that's how I was showing my love towards Stephanie was by doing all these acts of service because I thought she would really appreciate, you know, the things I would do around the house just to help out because that's just my primary love language. And then for her, it was always, you know, Hey, we let's spend some time together. Let's do this. And it's always being together. And, um, and so that's what kind of reaffirmed her primary love language is by knowing and by reading this book that, uh, Quality time is your number one. You know, what's funny is when he would do these uh, acts of service for me, like say he cleaned up the kitchen for me, I would feel so guilty because I thought like this is the wife's job. This is the woman's job. Like he shouldn't have to worry about this. This is my job. I feel so bad. This must be a, a wreck. So that's why he feels like he needs to clean up. But really he was just expressing true love to me. Right. Yeah. I I didn't think you would feel guilty about it. It's just, um, just the way I was showing love towards you. So, you know, I, I think... Just understanding the the love languages and speaking the love language to your partner would really strengthen your marriage or relationship with your significant other. Um, there's been many couples that have been to months of counseling, and they've they went to a 20 minute seminar with Dr. Chapman, and after the seminar, they approached him and they said. We learn more in this 20-minute seminar than we did in six months of marriage counseling with someone else just by understanding the five love languages. So I think it's just really good information that we share and that hopefully would help reignite that romance in, um, in some marriages that may need it. I think that it's important to note that when your significant other is actively working on loving you in the language, like your primary language, you need to give them credit because that may not be easy for them to love them in that language. Like I was just talking earlier, like it's acts of service is not my strong suit. So that is something that I have to be very cognizant about and actively work on. And so it's nice to get that feedback from Jamie, like, thank you for spending time on this and making this a priority. So it may not be all at once where I'm, you know, speaking this acts of service language fluently. It's going to be just like learning any other language, one word, one piece at a time. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's constant work, but I think it just makes it easier if you understand the language they're speaking and knowing how to speak it and knowing how to show it. And um, another example is uh, there was this couple where um, they were together for 20 years and the, uh, the wife asked uh, Dr. Chapman is, can you love someone that you just hate? And uh, surprisingly, um, he counseled her and she didn't understand the love language and, but she gave it a try, was speaking his language. And after a few months, they were back to that romance stage. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting how he kind of brought him back from the dead instead of being on the brink of divorce. I really think that the reading this book is going to continue to help our marriage and just continue to grow that. And I would challenge each of you, maybe you don't read this book, but you, I mean, you really should because it's so good, but really work to find out what your love language is and then help yours and then find out your significant others and then help to get each other fluent in each other's love language. I think this is useful for even people who may be starting a new relationship, people that are single, because it's important to know what your primary language is. So in the future, when you're looking for a significant other, looking to get married, you already know what your primary language is. So you can help direct your significant other to love you in those ways.